Here we go. Welcome to the Utility Podcast, brought to you by Big Hugs Studio. My name is Jeff. This is Bernardo. Hello, everyone. And Karen. Hello. Karen is an Argentinian-born multimedia artist who's currently living and working in Houston. She's our guest today, and she's a fabulous photographer. And we really appreciate her joining us on the podcast. How are you Thank doing? Thank you for I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for the invite. I'm, I'm excited to be here today. She's currently in Italy, which is very exciting. Yes. So you yes. are not in Houston, Karen? No, no. I live in Houston. I'm from Argentina, but right now I'm in Italy. So we are very international because you are in Portugal, right? And Correct. Jeff is in U.S. I'm in some terrible place in the middle of the U.S. that's uh, 95 degrees right now. So. Fun. Anyways, so, um, go ahead. So, yes. So um, this is the third episode. And today, as before, we are going to have our themes. And we always start by our news, where t t this week we have some old collections that are still minting. We have new collections dropping. And we have collections that already sold out. And we are going to talk about uh, uh, galleries as well, new curations. So there's a lot to talk about in there. Um, we are going to talk, we are going to have the treasure hunt as usual. Me and Jeff, we are going to bring a collection that we want to speak about. And today's episode on the third rail, we are going to have the theme of the week that was the ETH dropping. Well, all crypto dropping, all, all markets dropping. And we are going to talk about a little bit how that can affect um, both artists and maybe collectors. And we are going to talk about a little bit of, of pricing. Um, so, yeah, that's what we have this week. And we're going to talk about Karen and her work, which is the most exciting thing, I think. Yes. True. Um, yeah. Disclaimers. <laughs> uh, this is not financial advice. It's not art advice. It's not advice in general um so don't invest uh on what we say for sure but we're just here to talk about the community we're here to talk about what's happening in the community and what's dropping and what's exciting and all that stuff um yeah so how's your week bernardo how's your week karen yeah so my week was draining uh my portfolio so portfolio going down that i think that's the 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 resume of the week <laughs> nothing happened just going down and you karen um well my week was uh vacation week and i haven't been working but i've been reading and i haven't been on twitter that much neither so but i'm excited that we i got a sale yesterday night and actually jeff Got it. So yes, that's exciting because we're, we're going to talk about pricing later, uh, but it's something that is kind of reassuring in a way. Um, so yes, it's, it's you know, it, it, it's been a, a, a good week, I would say. Good. And you, Jeff, anything this week? 
I just got back from vacation. Well, I will say that it was a trip. It wasn't necessarily vacation. It was a trip with three kids under five. So it's not vacation, really. I saw my 96-year-old grandma, who's still like a total badass. She actually like built ships during World War II. So she's actually like, well, you don't know this probably because you're from Portugal, but like we have this thing in America that's like Rosie the Riveter, which is like basically during World War II, I'm not going to throw this too much of a story at you, but during World War II, a bunch of all the men went to war. And then so the Mm -hmm. women were like building ships and stuff. And my grandma actually like built ships, which is, I don't know, probably why she's still alive. Like, yeah, she's super tough. Um, but you know, she's like a grandma from the, from the South from the, a long time ago. So not everything's great. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And um, by the way, this one that appeared here was Ozzy, my dog. Ozzy, yes, the I was... host of our podcast. Yes. <laughs> I, I was about to mention it because many people are just listening to this and they don't see the dog on the back. Yes. Well, he's quite... Ozzy needs to tell us how his week went. Oh, I'm I sorry. can tell you. Eat, yeah. sleep, and peeing. That's it. Sounds That's great. What it does. All right. So let's start by saying the news of the week. Um, we wanted to highlight some collections here. Uh, and we are going to start with a collection from Nathan Bauman that is Eden in Plain Sight. So this is a collection that was dropped originally in August, in the beginning of August 2021. So it's, I think, one of the first collections um, in the space that was recognized as, as, as a big collection. And I think Nathan just dropped the last 25 pictures to make, um, to make that 100 pictures. And he's using um, this project to do a photo book of, of, of this. So it's, it's, it's a collection that I've been, that I've seen since I started in this space and I, I really know it now for a long, long time. Jeff, are you, you, have you, yeah, are you seen one? this? I haven't yet, honestly. Well, I don't really tell, I don't really want to tell the people which one I want because then they'll price me out. But I'll just say that like, this one's pretty nice. Um, can you see this by the way? Yes, yes, yes. I, I really like you this should. one. Uh, yeah. Can you, make it can you maximize that window with this guy oh yeah i forgot foundation like crop stuff oh, oh. let's see this big let's see it real big the browser oh how do i do that i can see your kid almost in there oh i'm sharing my whole screen that's embarrassing <laughs> um yeah I'll probably do that hold on a second um yeah, so the, yeah, you never the collection one. came out in like August 2, which for me was about three or four days before I, before I jumped into um, NFTs in general. So for me, it kind of holds a special place along with this and Collecting Hands by Moneris. They are mm-hmm. both minted really close to when I first started collecting. So I do see this and it brings me back. I actually really like this one a lot. So I can see that you like the black and whites and yeah. even your photos, the photos that you've been dropping on Twitter, all of them black and white. So you are a black and white artist. 
no, not really. It's just like black and white makes things look better than they are, which I know that my stuff isn't, isn't great. So I just, I fake it. Karen, you are um, an artist that works with a lot of color. You have a, a collection about pink almost, isn't it? How things are not as good as it can be, but with that way of saying in Spanish, um, do you ever do it in black and white? Well, no, I actually really like colors. I like to work on, with colors. And there's a funny story about colors because when I was in school, I had one, one uh, subject that was an year-long year subject and was mostly about color. And I didn't understand color. I had to redo all the work at the end of the year and... I barely pass, you know, mm -hmm. and a few years later, I don't know, something clicked on my mind and I started understanding colors and now I use them and I, and I love colors and yes, I use them a lot, but I don't do black and white. I have a few shots from, um, the homeless in Houston that are black and white. And those are, um, in film. It was my mm -hmm. first role of films and I have them but they are nothing to do with my work today so I never show them how oh, they are good but you know no one has seen them they are portraits so, of people yes if you you were saying that you didn't understand uh, color and one day something clicked can you give yes. us one tip to both of us that we are we don't have like well Jeff has training in photography actually I don't, yeah. but I, photog okay. I do photography every day in my work. Do you have any tips, one tip about color to both of us? Well, I think that you have to learn color theory and it sounds kind of like it's not useful at all, but once you understand that, I think that you start applying it later on. And that's what happened to me since this was very, theory-based uh, subject about color and we did a lot of um a lot of homework with like putting colors i don't know how to say in english but putting different colors together and that kind of assignment um my combinations of colors at that point were horrible like horrible and so do you mean do you mean contrast contrast colors like on the um... Yes, well, they will tell you to to put like um, warm colors together or create some kind of mood or contrast or low contrast, you know, all mm. that kind of exercises. Uh, but I, I would see the work of my, uh, the other people's work and I would say, wow, those colors are beautiful. That combination is beautiful. I will have never will be able to imagine that combination. You know, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. And I don't know how something click on my mind, but now uh, for me, everything is color. When I'm walking on the streets, <clears throat> sorry, I see colors. And yes, sometimes I photograph them with my phone just to remember the color. It's usually construction okay. colors because I like the very fluorescent colors, mm -hmm. neon colors. So yes, all flowers or, or color the colors of the flowers, you know, that kind of natural uh, 
of colors that you find in nature as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, I, lo I love color as well. Uh, I think, but yeah, Jeff, Jeff is a, a black and white photographer now. Well, he needs to read about, he needs to read about color no, theory. No, I, I definitely don't fully understand color theory because we're creating Big Hugs PFP. And one of the people that we were working with was saying like, <clears throat> well, nothing, nothing's making these things cohesive. Like they're great, but they're all, all over the place. And so, I mean, CDR, who's the artist went back and basically just made all the colors match or like used color theory to make the mm -hmm. whole collection completely cohesive. And I, understand the power of it now just because that's that's where you've we're seen at. the difference you've seen the difference so another collection that we wanted to bring um is a collection that is that is from summer wagner summer Wagner is a, a photographer that i first discovered through obscura and through fellowship that uh, collected a lot of work from from her i think in the beginning and she has a new collection called the parody of the tangle thread it's a collection of 52 photographs and is something that I really love. It's super original and um, the, the mood and the light on these photos is super, super nice and super distinct from everyone else, I think. I think whenever I see one of these pictures, I can tell straight away it's from summer. Jeff, you, you, you were the one that brought this to me. What do you have to say about it? Yeah, um, I collected one of Summer's works from her last collection. And back then, um, she had this kind of like smaller collection that was very cohesive and it felt similarly. It felt similar to this, like the, the, the color, color theory was all kind of the same. And she has this, um, I don't know if it's on purpose, but she, it feels like she has like this commentary on our attachment to electronics. Yep. and nature and like like this one um it's recurrent I, in her photos isn't yeah. it yeah she's also the first artist where i tried to bid on one of her pieces there was this really beautiful piece of hers that was like three people looking at the phone and like their face was getting like sucked into the phone almost yep. that's not gonna work I, it looks like but um but i got outbid which is such a bummer but i have yeah, one I'm, of her I'm, last pieces i'm but really stuff, glad you brought I'm really glad. Yeah, this stuff for me is, this. it's magical in, it's almost like magical realism. Um, it good. reminds me kind of like a Murakami book, but a little like That's softer good. and a, a less like, less like, a, you know, completely off the wall, I guess. But like, yeah. there's, there's ghosts in her pictures for me and that, and for me, that's anyone who makes the real look slightly unreal to me is exciting yeah and now that you brought about murakami that's actually that's that's a nice uh, a nice example because murakami has those amazing uh fantastic stories in the middle of a book that is completely serious and those things appear and it, they are seen as normal stuff happening and i think in this photography i think we can see the same it's like there are ghosts there as you said but no one cares much about it is part of of the environment it's all of us are ghosts with our phones so to speak yeah like as if they live in a in a world where ghosts are completely normal like this one over here the inner bridge feels you know it's like just this person hanging out by the river interacting with a ghost i don't know there's something very 
beautiful. And I really love this one where it's like two kind of ghostly figures kissing right beneath what looks like a nuclear power plants, you know, like that's pretty cool. I don't know. I mean, from a technical perspective, I'm not going to like tear these things apart because I don't feel like I know I'm qualified to do that. Cause I think, I think they're just perfect in a way that it's hard to, it's hard for me to completely articulate why I really like this. To me, my, my, my favorite ones is one that uh, there is a lady sitting on a chair with the phone in her hand. Um, I think I really like that one with the composition and this that one. one. Yes. And it has something really magical in this commentary about um, our attachment to technology, right? And our phones, especially. It took me it took me a minute to to really get into this work because it's it's not usually the style that I will uh, I will like. But after when I was looking one by one, um, I really like it. I really wanted to know more what's the intention of the artist with putting the phones, you know. And and now that you mention it, I think well, it makes sense a lot, and I really like it. Yes, I have a few favorites. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan think, of summer um, of summer work. I think that a lot of the time, if you put something like kind of a messagey theme in your work, like this, it could feel really obvious and on the nose. It's like almost too much, but for some reason, in the in the setting that she presents it in it works. And I think that's the cool part about it is that it's usually that type of tropey stuff wouldn't work, but it really does strangely work in this always, always sunrise or always sunset, like darkness and weird space. Yeah. Because it's more than just a phone, isn't it? It's, it's the whole thing around the environment where she puts the phone where she... so. Yeah. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm really great everyone should check it out i think so yeah um let's go for karen do you want to say anything else about the collection no i i like it so thank you for sharing it with me now i know one one artist that is having nfts that who is part of the nfts yeah and i think she's going to be around for a long time a long time um the next collection that we have that we want to speak about is Gregory Berg collection, a sign of times and not only about the photos, but the way he did this mint, which is a very original and really good idea. So Gregory has minted 100 photos, photos that um, the collector didn't know before. So you had to do a blind mint. And with that, um, with that mint, not only you have a one-one from from Gregory, you would have access to the book. You can have access to the physical book that we'll send to you, and as well a one-one print done by him um, that we will send to you as well. So I have to say that it's it's a very original way of dropping your work. Um, 
and I congratulate him from, from doing that. Yeah, Bernardo really hates this collection, so <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was a joke. Last night we got into a bit of a miscommunication with um with him about it. But um no, I, he now was that... super he was super nice. I'm gonna tell you, he sent me a, a video message and it was super nice. Super nice. So it's oh, good to talk. Yeah, I think um honestly, from a blind mint, I was nervous also. But um, I minted because I know, I know his work. I've purchased uh, some of his other work. The other work that he had is this thing called, um, I really love it actually, called the Corporate America series, which is this very like nerve wracking, intense series about like corporate guys going to work um, in the financial district and um, it's just really intense. And so Can you put the he also did this thing called um, the first hundred days, which is a series of photos. That's just photos of the lockdown of like his TV, which um, I think is brilliant. So can you put the photos? Sorry. Oh my gosh. I put the, uh, I put our spreadsheet up there. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, also <laughs> I minted this one, which is amazing. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that's a nice actually, one. Um, yeah, this is one of the things I collected. Big hugs collected this actually last night. So. Congrats to selling out. I was going to say nope. there's a few left, but there's no, le there's none left. Yeah. And that's, that's really, really good. Um, so I, I, whenever I was speaking with, with other people about the collection, I said that for me was going to be difficult to mint without knowing what I was getting because I didn't know Gregory's work. Um, now that I know a little bit, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the work. I like this. So I, I went through the collection this is, I, I assume, New York, because it's from New York. And this yeah. is a little bit about the COVID times and the protests and how hectic, hectic and how deserted the city was at the same time, isn't it? How, how, how strange it can be. Um, yeah, I think is is a collection that I will continue to look for. And I'm, because I, I love, I, I noticed that it takes a lot of photos from, from messages um and i like that as well yeah a sign of Karen, times it's an, it's did you know name. oh yeah i didn't i didn't make that click <laughs> thank you jeff karen did you know about this collection no i didn't and i am just like scrolling down the the, the photos i i like them so like i don't know i feel like i i don't look at many photographs, black and white, and this kind of um, street photography. So I don't know if yeah, I am street, qualified. Photography to is quite. Me. Oh, sorry, sorry, Karen. I interrupted yeah, you yeah. there. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying that street photography is quite big in the NFT space, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it occupies a pretty big section for sure. Yeah, I mean, also, you know, it's a yeah, I, I, good collection. Yes, I advise everyone to go and look, not only, actually, not only to the collection, not only to the work, but to the way Gregory did it, I think is a super good idea. Well, it takes a lot of work to be able to uh, build a, a page, build a contract, and yeah. but um, can we say we have utility here? Sure. I mean, you get a book. I'm actually really excited about the book. So, yes. Can I get the book without having one photo? 
I don't know. Probably now I can to... get the photo. No, you have I to have buy to a talk photo. with Gregory. Maybe not. Now it's now he's he's laughing about me. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I told that I was not going to mint, and then he... <laughs> now I want the photo. <laughs> so yeah. So everyone, go and see Gregory's um, uh, work and the way you did it. I think is a lovely idea to have new ideas in how to drop your work. It's always good to see new things. Um, the next thing that we wanted to speak about is the Chikai's uh, project called Monolith, the Monolith Gallery. So Monolith Gallery recently released the third edition of its online exhibitions, and it has new 21 curated shows. And those shows are, collect are curated by, most of them I think are photographers, and we have curations done by Nick Kiefer, Chiara, Neil O'Brien, Iker, Andy Feltham, and others. And it's it's a lovely... So this project from Chica, it's, it's a lovely way of seeing photography. You know, um, Don't look at my password. I, think, <laughs> I think it doesn't... The other, if you think about it, whenever we are going through and seeing collections, you have two ways of seeing nowadays. You have open sea that is horrible because the photos are super small yeah you just saw how bad that was it's really rough to, to look at that stuff you have to open each one of them and go and check then you have foundation that all the photos are cropped which i don't understand why they keep doing that and then you have i think this is a very good way to showcase your work or to showcase your your curation um you can see the photos in a big screen, high resolution, and very easy to go through, user-friendly, and it's a very, very good way to show your case. I think there's an, another, of course, you have gallery, and but it's not as well organized as this. You know, in here you have plenty of curations that you can, you can see, while in gallery you have to go each, through each one. Honestly, so, I just love the scrolling function on this. It's so much easier to look at photos this way. And they, yes. it does them all justice, which is so hard to do because a lot of the time I'm purchasing photos that I've looked at on my phone, which feels just very the opposite of what art it and should photography be. should be. Yeah. <laughs> so. so, yeah, I would advise anyone to go to Monolith to go and see these curations. There's amazing uh, collections here. Um, and I think um, every so often, um, Chikai just does opens for new curations and you can always be updated of what's happening in, in the space through this through these galleries. I will say we should probably move on because I think we're going to look at um, one of the uh, treasure hunts on this gallery on this. Okay. Um, yeah, so we'll keep looking at it later. So do you want to present the next step, the next theme? Yeah, so treasure hunt. This is a section where we go back and we look at um, we look at collections that aren't necessarily news right now, but you know, collections that we like. Um, so so yeah, you go first. So you want to start with you, yours? What do you bring? Uh, do you want to start with mine? Yeah, let's start with yours. Okay, so I brought a collection from I always, I'm so afraid of saying the names like incorrectly. Yal Malka. 
I hope I said this correctly. Um, so this was this this work was I found this work because Pixel Pete collected it, and because and after Pixel Pete collected it, I looked at it and I then I spoke with Yael. And I, and for me, in the beginning, it didn't make sense. What, what am I looking at? You know, what is this? Is this a collage? Is this post-production? Um, what, what, what was the way you've done this? So I contacted Yael to, to know a little bit more. And she explained to me her, her method. So this is, this is film. And I think this is taken with a medium format uh, uh, camera. And the way she does this is that she cut, she, she put it um, black carbon, uh, car, um, car, carton, you say uh -huh. carton, carton? Yeah. 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 And she did several types of patterns and she would put that, that cardboard in front of the, of the film. So, so then she would take a picture, then change the pattern on that same film and take another picture. So the picture that I own, I own one of the pictures here, um, is I think three, three shots. And you can go through the other, the other photos and you can start to see how many shots you have. And what I find amazing is that none of the patterns um, go almost on, on each other and whenever they do, they work really, really well. So I love this work, not because mainly of the method that this was accomplished with. And I, I, I thought it was amazing. It was um, a piece of art that I, was, that I was buying. So this doesn't have any Photoshop process. It's all made directly in the camera? Yes. Hmm. Is that something, is that, I mean, I feel like your work, and we'll get into this later, but is your work physically made and then cut out, Karen? Yes, yes. So it's not. So that's why I wanted to bring this one as well, because Karen was here, and I know that Karen is, has a very physical approach to her photography as well. And this is as well a type of, physical approach to photography i would say plastic uh, plastic art artist in photography as well i will say bernardo you know what i mean you know the question that i'm gonna have right actually you said you were going to ask a question <laughs> and i have no idea and i'm a little bit frightened about it it's still it's so this is so similar so similar to the first week when we when we looked at um clea mckenna's work this is actually so similar to what hers look. I mean, it's not similar to what hers looks like, but this kind of collage type thing is very similar to that. And I, it's either that you're growing in the way that you like things or you're changing your mind. Um, so what is the question actually? I'm just calling you out. I'm just like making you embarrassed. That's all. That's okay. all I want to do. <laughs> so um, yeah, maybe you are... Uh, you have you are you are you accomplished it so i didn't think about that so whenever i saw the other collection and um, it was still hard again still hard and this one well the one that i collected go down please go down the one that i collected 
is a landscape. <laughs> it's not really still life. Um, but yeah, maybe I made a mistake in our first episode and I have to apologize to... to... I'm, yeah, I'm just messing with you, man. Yeah. Just bring it up again. So you didn't ask a question, actually. No, it so... was stupid. I was just talking on you. That's all. Sorry. <laughs> so do you have anything to say about the collection that I chose? No, it's great. And it's not... I would never have found this, to be honest. Um, yeah, I like I when we when we talked about um, oh, it's you and Twin Flames collected this. So hmm. Pixel Pete, Pete. yeah, Pixel Pete. Oh, is that Pixel Pete? Oh yeah, and Pixel Pete. So some people yeah. with some good uh, some good taste. Yeah, no, I mean honestly, when we first talked about the collage art um, in the first episode, I'd promised myself to go back and really like dig into it and understand what it was that I that we missed what I missed and um I think it's what I usually miss which is the process like I don't pay enough attention to the process of, of how something's made and I recognize that and I recognize that it's one of my weaknesses um with that said I haven't done a lot of work on it yet mainly because I haven't had time but uh I intend yeah, to I rectif I intend to rectify that over the coming days yes one day we are going to bring back that collection and we are going to speak about it properly. So Karen, do you have, did you see, did you know Ayala's work? Yahala's no, work? no, I haven't. I just, I just um, found out about her because of you. And I, I just wanted to say something to Jeff that it's, I don't know, sometimes you can understand the process and you can understand like, know better how the picture was made but that not necessarily make a photograph good if you don't like the aesthetics of the final image it's fine even though you respect the process and all the work that was put into creating that image um so i don't know i think it's it's not a matter of oh i'm missing out because i am not understanding the the process and that might be valuable because, you know, yes, it might, it might be, but if it's not your taste or if you're not like liking it, if it's not as striking to you, if it's not like one image, you will not collect it, right? I don't know. That's how I think and that's how I will collect. Yeah. No, I think I, whenever I, I collected this, this photo, actually, I'm, I liked the photo. And at the time, only whenever I understood the method, that gave more value to the photo to me. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever I had that, that's when descriptions sometimes can work. And we are going into the description um, controversy. But when that's when the, the description helps me to give it even more value. So it's a photo that I like aesthetically. And perhaps aesthetically maybe other things i would collect you know but then whenever i i knew the method and the effort and how was was it made that gave so much more value that i said oh this this is amazing so i have to collect this so yes yeah i feel like my process it kind of added up what's that no i'm it, I, i'm saying that it kind of and kind of added up for him yes. uh, and sometimes it does yeah. just 
I don't know. I yeah, would just, no, I, I, I'm so sorry, Chef. <laughs> no, it's okay. We keep interrupting each other. My bad. Go ahead. I remember, um, I remember seeing an artwork uh, from an artist and I didn't like it at first. And after I thought it was kind of, I don't know, I couldn't understand that. Like I didn't like it aesthetically. I didn't like it. And after I understood the process and how he was making these pictures and I said, oh, wow, very interesting. Still, I don't like the picture. But I respect the pro the process, and I understand all the work he put into doing the image, you know. But it doesn't mean that because I don't like it, the work is bad. It's just because it's my taste, and it happened a lot of time. You cannot be the cup of tea of everyone with your work. So, yeah, and I I hundred percent agree with that. It's just as as a collector, I think, and we're jumping into like a touchy subject here. But like, how do you? How do you talk about a piece of work that you don't necessarily like? That's very difficult because you do have to respect all the work that went into it, um, unless no work went into it. You know, it's like I just feel like that's something that I'm working on. My hardest is is trying to figure out the best way to talk about work that's not necessarily my taste, and not saying it's bad. It's just that it's not something that I love. But anyway, maybe you can be like cherry salt. <clears throat> Like he doesn't care about anything and he just, <laughs> you know, that art yeah. critic. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. That, that. That's not my personality. Like I'm too, I'm nice and I want to be kind. And I want to, like, most importantly, I want to be constructive. And that's, yes, that's hard to do when you don't like something. So, yeah. Well, I think maybe I've... you learn more, more about photography or you just, I don't know, try to understand the process and respect the process and, you don't have to tell the people that you like it or not. Yeah, and I think that's something that I talked about yesterday on a space with uh, Photoverso, which is that, you know, I feel like I represent a swath of collectors that isn't necessarily super educated about the history of photography. And so I'm trying my best to kind of catch that as I go, but I also, I want to... I want to leave space for people who want to talk about and collect art in a way that isn't necessarily traditional, like traditional art collectors. I feel like traditional art collecting can be a little off-putting. And so I want to, I want to make it a little bit more acceptable to not know everything before you collect. Cause I do feel like there's value in having those people in the space, the people that don't necessarily know everything. So. I have to agree. Yes. All right. Well, let's talk about right. uh, my my Easter egg or Easter egg or my treasure hunt. Either way. Um, I'm going to butcher this name too. Nal? Nal O'Brien? Niall? Niall? Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, this is his collection, Blue Crawfish. I actually don't think that he put all of this no, on no, the Monolith Gallery. It's much bigger and there's a lot of fantastic stuff um here we go yeah so this says uh it's looking at gothic america it's funny i don't really think about it as gothic but it's definitely the underbelly of america um and this is like a subject that i'm obsessed with which is like this kind of dark um southern uh genre of photography that's looking at basically 
a culture that I am fascinated with and also don't understand this kind of like a uh, gun obsessed South. Like also um, the guy we talked about, uh, oh, Robert. Um, Robert LeBlanc, yeah. Robert LeBlanc also takes a lot of these photos where it's it's this kind of America that's dirty and I don't often say it's dirty. It's just like more country and it's more like a focus on all the stuff that's going on in the South right now. There's a lot of kind of political undertones and like a religious undertones and like cultural undertones here. And for me, it's like beautiful in the way that I'm obsessed with strange Americana. I don't know. It, I'm just make, be, I'm just go ahead. Can I tell that is a beautiful depression? It's something like that. It's just uh I mean, it, that that's putting a bunch of negative connotations on like people's like culture down there and like I don't think it's depression. I think it's just there's a there's a culture down there of uh that is just so foreign to me. Um, yeah, but this kind of like it, sporting, boating, like shooting and but all this country Jeff, stuff. Yeah. I look at this collection. I look at the collection from Roger LeBlanc and I don't see any happiness in these photos. Never. That's why I was saying that about might depression. Be, yeah, that might be purposeful. I'm not sure. I don't know if that's something they... No, I, I was mean, not saying about of... the culture in the South is depression. I was saying that this documentary this these photos about the documentary of the south is always super lonely and 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 don't seem very happy places this guy seems happy which one oh i'm not sharing my screen this whole time oh my god um this gentleman right here he just caught a snake <laughs> um well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I we're talking about the South, and we have someone who lives in the South. Let's let's ask uh, Karen. I mean, does this kind of landscape look familiar to you? Did we lose Karen? Oh, I'm here. Sorry, say again. Oh. I was going to say we're talking about this landscape of the South, and we're not asking the person who lives in the South right now. I mean, is this? familiar landscape is this i know this probably isn't houston but this type of cultural photography is this very familiar to you or well i think it's very american like i see that and it's very american and and like i don't know if it's midwest or or what area it is like i not recognize it but i think it's a very interesting style and and it's kind of politically charged at the same time. So uh, it's not familiar at all, but I have seen it and I can recognize the style, but I cannot pin the location. I think yeah. it's Louisiana. Yeah, it feels like Louisiana. Also a guy, I mean, it does, it's like unintentionally politically charged because Here's a guy in shorts. How do you say he's intentional? Unintention unintentionally politically charged. It's not like he's going out and shooting political rallies, but he's shooting. I think it's with not a, unintentional. It's I think it's not unintentional. I think it's sub subtle. 
in a way. Subtle, yeah, I would say subtle. It's subtle, yeah. Yeah, but I, I love that stuff. I love all those like kind of touchy subjects, people, stuff that people don't want to talk about around the kitchen table. These are like, these are the things that I love, so. I actually really like that because I don't think that you always have to be very explicit with the images to speak about a subject that you are interested in or a subject that is very, you know, sensitive. And I think when someone achieves that to bring up that conversation, it's something that is very interesting. And it's and and I respect that. Yeah, I find this this collection very interesting. Some images, more the portraits. I'm thinking more of the the portrait, not that one, but the other ones, the one you showed me before. Yeah, I'm a yeah. big portrait person too. So it's funny how better it looks, how much better it looks on the Monolith Gallery. So congratulations, Chica. Yeah. <laughs> I love that picture right there. Yes, that's fantastic. It's powerful. And for a person that is from Europe, this gun thing for me is, I, I cannot even understand. You know, it's something that goes beyond my rationale. I mean, look at this gun. That's insane. Like, oh, I don't want to get into this is a super third rail, but here's the thing. Like, this is why it's political, you know? Yeah. These shots are people with guns and every single day in America, people are getting shot. A kid with a gun. That's And this gun. Like, like, exactly. Like in Argentina. No one needs no. this gun. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, it's a fantastic. Let's talk thing. about photos. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about photos. Sorry. Let's, it's a fantastic uh, collection and it looks great in monoliths. So, yeah, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, can you unshare your screen? Yeah. Geez. Sorry, man. Okay. So, let's talk about our third rail this week. And our third rail this week is the ETH dropping. So in a week, ETH dropped from 1800 or close to 2000 to yesterday was 1000, I think. So it dropped in 50% in less than a week. And most of us are working, are, are not working or are in this space. And we are, we put, artists put their, their, their work in Ethereum. And what does this mean? So all of a sudden, someone that wants to pay their bills and puts a photo for 0 0.5 ETH, that is that was 1,000 pounds, all of a sudden is half of the price. So what does that mean for the artists? Jeff, um, what are your thoughts about, uh, not about the ETH dropping, because this is beyond our expertise, I would say, um, but what are your thoughts about the pricing? Is this going to be something, are artists going to put their prices up now because of the price or they are going to continue the same and everything is one ETH is equal in one ETH? Well, I'll talk about it for a little bit, but I do, I would much rather hear an actual artist talk about this. So I'll yes. talk about my perspective, which isn't, I hate talking about pricing. Like people will be like, well, how should I price this? How should I price this? And I, and it's, it's such a personal thing that it's really hard to tell someone how to price it because if I'm, a, if I, it's almost a trap question. If they're like, oh, wait, 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 this thing. Let's wait, Karen, then let's, let's hear Karen well, first on. and then you'll take your, uh, your. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll walk into this trap. I want, this is the whole thing with third rails. Let me walk into this trap here. <laughs> okay. Which is this, go if ahead. I then. say, which, if I say, uh, 
you should price it at point two. They're going to say, well, how am I supposed to, I can't believe you asked me that. I can't believe you told me to do that. How am I supposed to live on point two? And then I'm going to say, well, okay, point price it at one ETH. And then they'll price it at one ETH and they'll be like, it's not selling. And I'll be like, I don't know. Like, don't, you know, well, for, yeah, for one, like it's a painful topic and I don't like talking about it because I'm going to, I'm going to give you a price that you don't like either direction. And then secondly, especially now that everybody's lost a bunch of money, including myself, like I got wrecked last week, let's be honest. Um, it's hard for me to talk about because I'm affected by this. I still want to collect photography. And from what I've noticed, people have lowered their prices, which really, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, right. That's what I've seen. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll tell guys, my but... I'll tell my 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 opinion after I hear Karen because I, I really want to hear Karen about this. Karen, is one ETH equal to one ETH or not really? Not to me. Okay. Not to me. Like I'm always thinking, what's the value in dollars? Because I pay bills with dollars, not with Ethereum. You know. And okay, so... so does that mean that you are going to raise your prices? No, that means that I started with this pricing. So I have this conversation before I did the first dropping of the collection. And so I actually had this conversation. Let, let me start again. So I first dropped one single NFT with Editions 365 uh, with Art EO 3, Art 3. And the price we have there, I believe this was 0 0.25. Mm -hmm. And you know that when you are selling through a gallery, you have this, uh, you don't get the full amount, you get a cut from that, right? So, and I said, when I, when we will drop our, that they call the entire collection, I said, well, listen, I don't want to drop I don't want to drop this collection and put a price in that it will not make sense to me because I don't have that many pieces. I have only 14 pieces and these are unique. So it's one of one. And I'm not sure if in the future I'm going to keep doing the same of if I'm going to be adding more images to this collection. So for now, it's 14. It's very unique and it's one of one. And also we are giving a print to the people who buy a, a NFT. So, and so I started thinking about, and I say, well, for out, kind of out of respect for my other collectors, IRL, mm -hmm. which they pay $500 for the smaller, smaller size print, I cannot put my, my NFT to a, in a lower price and give them a print you know it's like i don't know i feel like i need to find a balance between the nft world and the irl world because i am still an artist outside and i don't know if this makes sense to you because i'm seeing yes. your face like <laughs> no no it makes total sense actually so i'm going to sell my opinion here and i think it goes in the same thing that you said what i think about pricing is I don't like pricing that people don't think about it. So whenever an artist plays, 
puts a price out there and I go and ask, actually, I, I rarely ask, but whenever I understand that they are trying to fish the price, I don't that like mean? that. What does like, fish the I, price mean? So fish the price means you put at one price, it doesn't sell, then you drop and then you, you sell one and then they put up again. Um, I hate that. I hate that. I understand it. I understand it. And if they do whenever they, I collect it, that, that, it's not a problem. But I don't like that because whenever you put your work out there, as Karen was, sa was saying, she said, okay, so my collectors in real life are paying this 500. So it's not fair if my NFT is less than this because they are getting all these things. So I need to price this at this level. So if whenever someone prices their work, if it's something that is well thought, I think they can wait more time for things to sell because they have everything structured in a way they say, okay, this is how I feel comfortable in. Now, whenever I have photographers that have collections that are super expensive in super rare, and then they have other collections in OpenSea that are a 10th of the price. I cannot understand that. Of course, now everybody's going to jump on me saying that I don't know anything about this. And I, who, who, are, who is me? Who am I to, to say um, that that makes sense? Or yes, by all means, you can do that, but it doesn't do it to me. So in terms of pricing, whenever someone asks me, what's the price that I should put this? And I say, look, what is the price that you will not regret in a year time? What is the price that going forward, you will not regret? I had one, one, collect, one artist asking me, should I sell this? Someone is offering me this price for this photo. And I love this photo, but I've not been selling. And I said, in, in one month, are you going to be happy that you sold your best photo at that price? And he said, no. Okay, then. So don't sell it. So the price is correct. So you need to price it. I think it's the same thing whenever we price the photos that we buy. You know, you have to be able to live with the fact that you are not going to have that photo anymore. That's true. That's why I haven't sold anything. <laughs> that's, that's why I'll never be profitable. <laughs> yeah, but that might change now against my my theory that I was just saying now that changes over time. Whenever my portfolio went down, I was willing to take a little bit less for the photos that I had. Sure. You know? So yeah. this is my take on pricing is as long as you thought about it, as long as you put everything in, in perspective and you came up with the conclusion that that was the price, it's well priced. Now, am I going to buy it? I have no idea. Depends. <laughs> Karen, do you feel like would you, do you feel comfortable giving other artists advice as to what, how they should price their work? Well, I'm, I'm not sure I am the right person to uh, give advice because I just has recently uh, entered the NFT space, but I know how to price my work. I know how long it has taken me to create an artwork. And I know how how much like it cost me to create the work and all that, and and in this case like that I'm I am putting my work as an NFT right now, and I am selling it. Um, I feel comfortable with this pricing. You know, I feel comfortable with this pricing right now, and I know it's gonna take a little longer to sell, 
but it is not a reflection of the quality of my work. It's a reflection of the market we are in today. And that is so, such a good point. yeah. And so I knew it from the beginning. I knew it that this wasn't the perfect time to do my first drop, but it's the circumstances I am in. And so I have to keep going and I will not drop my prices because I will be unhappy. I always think of my photography as my babies, you know, I get really attached to them and I don't want to give them away. I just really want someone who supports me as an artist because I understand that a lot of people is losing money. I understand that um, we are all going through this, but I also understand that it's going to come back and maybe it's gonna come back stronger. Think of Bitcoin a few years ago, what happened with it and how people became millionaire or billionaire and how people got scared, sold everything out and lost money and you know, and never touch the cryptocurrency again. So mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, it's, um, it's like different, different situations and I am in this situation and I am happy and comfortable at this pricing and, and, and I know it's gonna, it's gonna take longer but you know, I, I am fine with that. So do you feel like with that, ana- with that analogy or yeah, with that analogy of talking about Bitcoin, taking a dive and then coming back and people becoming millionaires, like, so what, I mean, not to get too personal, personal, but what would be your plan if you sold this out? Would you be keeping that in ETH? Or are you cashing that out to like do stuff with? I'm just gonna keep it in ETH. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. So this because... is your this is your intro into like crypto world. Like you're gonna keep all that stuff in ETH. Yes, because it doesn't make sense to change it, like to exchange it now. It's too yeah. low. And yeah. It's not that I need it like right now, but I also think what if my situation will be different? Like I come from nothing and so I'm always thinking what will happen. If I am in that situation again, I would need to eat. I would need to pay my bills and not just because of that, I will, you know, um, not think about and evaluate everything around me to be, you know, comfortable. So, yes. Let me just say like a side talk here. Um, actually me and Jeff, we are going to have an AMA on discord about crypto. Um, we didn't decide yet. So this is something that if you guys want to discuss crypto and uh, me and Jeff, we are going to be there because we have a little, so I've been in the crypto market since 2017, not financial advice, but I can give my experience. But I wanted to ask you one, one question, Jeff, about pricing. Yeah. Why? So you have one photo in foundation that you minted. Uh, why did you price it at 0.35? Because I genuinely don't care if anyone collects it. Like I've, I literally don't. Wait, are you saying that's high or low? Because <laughs> to me, it's very high. I'm like, I should price this at like 0.05. But then I thought it's literally, okay. When I was, when I was shooting a lot of photography and skate photography, it's one of the only shots that I really love. And it's like my favorite skateboarder ever. And 
it's perfect. It's like, for me, it's a perfect shot. It's a little out of focus. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to mint it. Cause I, for one, I'd never been through that process. So I didn't know what it was like. And I kind of wanted to know what the minting process was like for photographers in general. It's not easy and it's kind of expensive <clears throat> and it's not, it's not something that I would make money with, but it's, I mean, I would make money with it, but honestly, I'd probably just put it back into collecting. So it's the only, I priced it high at 0.35 and cause I'm not really a photographer. Um, but I priced it high because one, I don't expect anyone to ever buy it, which is fine. And two, I love it a lot. And it's actually going to hurt a little bit when it's taken away from me. So, so I wanted way, to understand that feeling from a photographer's standpoint. So I put it up. Okay. So, and I, did, way, I wasn't expecting you to blow me up on yeah. <laughs> a podcast about it. So in a way you priced yourself 20 times less than Punk 6529. Well, I think I, I think I give 20 times less good <laughs> advice. So <laughs> anyway. okay. okay. So now Karen, let's talk about your work. So you've be, you've um, minted um, a collection named The Constructed Self on Foundation through Art3. Is that correct? Yeah. Can we go back and like get a background on you? I feel like there's so much we don't know about you that can we get like an artist background on you? Yes. Is that possible? <laughs> yeah, awesome. Sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. But... Okay, so I am a photographer, a mixed media artist, and I study actually fashion design in Argentina and came to the U.S. And I thought I would be doing fashion photography because I, I've been doing before photography, but not, nothing serious. Uh, but I thought it would be a good start to change, um, to change career paths because I thought it would be difficult to um, work as a fashion designer without having the network, the, the network and knowing people or the language. I didn't speak the language when I came to the US. So um, I decided to do fashion photography. And after I, I found out that through an assignment in a class that I was taking that you can actually tell a story through an image. And I fell in love with, my, with that process. And I started, I did my first series, which was quite successful. And yes, I, since then I've been doing photography and what I mean since then is 2016 it's pretty recent and um and after I felt that I did wanted to do uh, I said the process was too short the process of taking the photograph editing and printing it and I needed to do something else and at the same time I wanted to explore self-representation and identity a little bit deeper. And I saw that adding the, the process of, of manually um, in, intervening the image will give me that, that I was missing. And so I started with collages and then I moved into adding different materials like wood, resin and paint. And that's actually the latest work which is the constructed self and 
and now it's available as an NFTs. So tell us, tell us as much as you can about this project. I feel like I, I read about it, but I, I'd rather hear it from you, to be honest. Okay. So um, this project is um, a collection of portraits. The portraits are deconstructed. And I am photographing first, second, and third generation American immigrants. And the idea of deconstructing the images is to explore the intersection of identity, race, gender, and belonging. So I'm, since I am um, an immigrant, um, the, this question of identity has been always in my mind, but more as a philosophical concept. And when I came to the US, a lot of questions about my own identity and, and being an immigrant started to kind of come out. And, and so I started to think about how uh, identity is actually a social and cultural construct. It depends um, how you're going to perceive others depending on your social and cultural background. And, and how you're going to be perceived as well. And, and so I started to, photo, and at the beginning I actually started to photographing people and then I wanted to photograph people who had something in common, right? Something like if they were immigrant sons or granddaughters of immigrants or if they were a person of color or identify yourself as a person of color. And so I photographed them and I love that image. And yes, and I've been working on that and deconstructing the, the images. It's a very slow process because it involves multiple steps. And, and it's very meditative actually because uh, it's so slow that when I do that, I, I, I see myself reflected in a way, you know, and I, and I explore, try to explore my own identity and the pieces that are missing from that. I am, um, I forgot to say, but at the time that I came to the US, my, my father, who I didn't have contact with, um, kind of came back and told me that we were descendants of an indigenous group in Argentina, Mapuche, Mapuche indigenous people. And it gave me a sense of belonging, but I didn't know what to do with that information. So I started also at the same time working on this concept of identity, you know, and these uh, pieces that are missing of information. And so I started like to put them together and puzzle them. And yes, trying to kind of construct these, these images that also they, in, in, in real life, like this, these images can be, most of them can be rearranged. So some of them, the pieces are individual pieces and you can create, <clears throat> sorry, a different image. And this again speaks about this idea that identity is not like a fixed concept, but rather is ever, ever, ever evolving. I really like that. I feel beautiful. like that's a that's that's a beautiful theme to have. Let like me go ahead. Let me just ask one question. Can you go down, Jeff, on on sure. the page? Uh, Karen, I love I love this 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 collection, and I love 
the way you represent that all of us are made from blocks that we are going to that we get throughout our life and we have parts from our identity that um come from people that places where we come from from our ancestry from from that's what i see in here you know uh, all of us are made from blocks um and i can see that you have some of the nfts that the blocks are rearranging and i find that that is even brings even more meaning to the word because we are not this i'm not the same as i was two years ago and the blocks that build me are changing all the time the same blocks mean different things nowadays for me um, do you think that the nft brought you a medium to create different work yes i i was i was actually thinking that i really wanted to translate this cultural part of the work to the digital and i thought that a good way of doing that was through movement and so in moving in creating this moving images um i it goes i actually didn't realize that until the other day someone mentioned it to me um but this is this is speaking about the same it's it's moving you know it's constantly changing it's constantly evolving in in this shift that you see in the collection there are only four of those and um and I was just very, very kind of not concerned, but I wanted to translate that the cultural part to the um, to the moving image, to the digital. You know, how do I translate that? Uh, and it makes total sense. It's 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 again reinforcing this this message that you know I've, I've been speaking about. But sometimes you know artists we do things without thinking, but we have thought too much about it that. It comes sometimes naturally. Yes, you I feel like, uh, Your sound is is not all right, Jeff. Yeah, put it back. This should is be fine. It, is it okay now? Is it okay now? No, 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 it's not. So yeah, <clears throat> I I love this. If if I was going to collect now now because the ETH went down, I'm, I'm not going to collect. But if I had to collect, I for sure would go for this one's moving, because I think from from the the message that you are you are trying to portray i think a medium like the nft improves even more the message and i love that so i think this is a message that is improved by nft and for that reason the nft has even more value um as a medium or the other mediums that you, you have your work with so how karen how did you come to the space how did you first came here so it actually, I applied to an open call, and to be honest, I didn't read it well. And it says that if I was selected, I, they would create an NFT. And so when I, once I got the email, I said, "What is this? Why it's the NFT involved with that? What do you have to do with it?" And so I started reading. I go, I went back to the open call and I read that it was for nfts right and i say oh yeah okay okay my mistake and i just how do you say roll on yes i just went with it and and i have the first um just one piece part of this uh 365 big collection i think there were 360 365 images or representing 
the entire year for COVID, something like that. Mm -hmm. And and well, it sold the image sold to Jenny Dow. I don't know if you know them. Oh yeah. Yes. And just I got there by by chance. And yes. And after I I think I started to get very curious about it. And I asked Chris Graves a question because he he curated the show and actually kind of like a competition he she chose me as one of the winners and anyways i asked him a question so he was interested in in taking me to quantum and i didn't have enough pieces because their collections are like 50 images and i don't have 50 images in my in each of my series because you know they are so time consuming to create each of these because of the, the actual process, the IRL process that I always do less. And, and later on, or about the same time, uh, Art3 contacted me to see if I wanted to do like a drop of the entire collection. And yes, I ended up like dropping the, the actually my first, my first sale of the NFT was with them. So I, I we continue this relationship, yeah. And yeah. it wasn't that long ago. Do you feel this like very recent? Yeah. Do you do you feel like uh, were you out when you were outside of the NFT space? Were you apprehensive about coming inside, or like were you apprehensive about the whole the whole Web three space, or was it something that felt natural? I actually was really curious, and I didn't understand why people were so opposed at it like in the actual art world people were not as accept like they were not accepting it now they are a little bit more not fully but they are and they are more curious about knowing you know and more open to the idea but at the beginning people were like no, and if you will be doing that, they will like just not, I don't know how to say it, but you will like be like cross, I don't know, <laughs> mark, you know. Yeah, kind I think of. that happens to a lot of people. I think that's a a lot of people feel either apprehensive about it themselves or they're or they're scared what their traditional collectors are gonna think about themselves or about, about their work after they join the NFT space. So yeah, I think I, I heard other people saying the same thing. Yeah. Well, okay. I think it's time so to wrap Karen, up. Yes, Karen, do you want to say anything? Do you want to ask us anything to us? Oof. <laughs> you were not expecting <laughs> you, you, this one. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that one. Yes, I wasn't expecting that one. Um, well, no, guys, I just uh, probably I'm going to have a question later once we finish the podcast. But anyways, yeah, I just fine. wanted to thank you. I wanted to thank you all for for inviting me, for having me here. It has been such an honor to to be here spending my my afternoon with you guys chatting about art and photography NFTs. Yeah, go yeah, out and enjoy Italy and also Everybody should follow Karen. I noticed that you don't have enough Twitter followers and you should have 10 times as many. So everyone go follow uh, Karen on Twitter. No, I have to say, thank you so much, Karen, for coming. Um, this is a way as well for me to 
get introduced to other work. Uh, if it wasn't for Jeff, I wouldn't probably seen uh, seen your work, and has been has been amazing to see your work and to see all the other. I went to your website and see all the other collections that you have, the work with 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 um, the color that you have and and the portraits and that you have. Um, it has been a pleasure. So uh, has been a, a edu educative podcast for me as well. So thank you so much for coming and thank you so much for helping us in doing this. So I think we need to wrap up. Yeah, right? thank you everyone for so, listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. Um, we see you next week. Um, we are not in, we cannot say yet who is going to come, but it's going to be big. And we hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Uh, thank you again, Karen, for coming. Please um, go to the Big Ox Twitter, follow us. Uh, go to the Discord, give us some suggestions. And of course, if you are seeing us through YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and click the like button down in here. And well, good night to everyone or good morning to everyone. And hugs. Yeah. Let's give hugs yeah. to everyone. Thanks, guys.